Wasn't Tori's testimony awesome? Doesn't that just want, that should make the young people just want to come on in and get ordained, stay in the salt box and get ordained and get that apostolic anointing on you. In fact, the Lord has his eyes on a few next year that I'll let you know who they are. So uh, we know a few of them already. But can you put Matthew 5, 10 and 12 up on the screen a minute? Um, I love this scripture. Lord put it on my heart uh, earlier in worship. It says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil things against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were born before you. There's another set of scriptures. I think it's in Corinthians. This is blessed are you. I mean, it says, um, what's it say, Lord? Um, If you are persecuted for my name's sake, blessed are you. For the for the glory for the spirit of God and the glory of God is resting on. Now, most of the church has the spirit of God on them, but most of them don't have the glory of God on them. And how do you know you got the glory on you? You're going to get persecuted. You're going to have all kinds of things said about you. That are false. And that's how you know the glory is on you. The Lord told me to teach on power and authority night because kingdom life is in movement. Right. Everybody's in movement for next year. We got four house churches starting next year, maybe more than that. Um, But to be able to to move. With God. You've got to have power and authority. You got to have both of these. And that's what the apostolic spirit is. It is power and authority. To destroy the works of the devil. You know, the charisma, charisma of man has replaced the power and authority of God. Amen. If you don't see signs, wonders and miracles in an assembly, I think I'd run from that church. You don't see signs, wonders and miracles which come through power and authority. I think I'd leave that church. Many people see a person's charisma and call it anointing. They call it anointing. It's not an anointing. The difference between the two is fruit. The lack of power to heal, to transform, and the authority to forgive and save and deliver is not there. That's how you separate the true from the false. Who's going to keep up with me on the screen? The supernatural power of God is the only way to produce change in someone's hearts and receive the promises of God. You, your heart has to change. Your spiritual heart changed at regeneration, but your cardia, which is the heart of your soul, has to change before you're able to receive all the promises of God. We receive some of them at regeneration, but the rest of them are based on obedience to the word of God. So I'm going to look at religion versus relationship. I'm going to build a little foundation before I get into the power teaching. Christianity is a different is different because it is only it is the only one that implies to an intimate relationship. It's the only religion that implies an intimate relationship with a loving with a living, holy and supernatural person who is superior to any other. So let that sink in a minute. Because next I want to give you four main differences between Christianity and religion. And when the, these house churches start, I think first one's starting in January, take good notes because this is the kind of stuff you want to teach uh, to your neighborhood. So they know the difference of what you're teaching. Number one, the cross of Christ. This marks the first great difference between religion and relationship. Is the cross of Christ. We have to live a crucified life. 
No other religion offered himself to be killed in place of humanity. No other leader in a religion offered himself to be killed in place of humanity. And no other leader today in any religion except Christianity is the leader still alive. Amen. You saw the words on the screen. He's alive. He's here right now. He's in this atmosphere. I feel him all over me. I know you feel him too. There's angels in the house. If you could just lift up the veil and see what's in this house, it would. I'm not worried about how many people are in the seats. I'm worried about who's with me in the invisible. Amen. Because there's a lot more in this house than what's sitting in the seats right now. Let's look at Acts 13.29. You don't have to put that up. They, they took Jesus down from the tree. All right, I'm going to build a little foundation in Acts 13.30. But God raised him from the dead. They took him off the tree. They called it a tree, but it was really a cross. But God raised him from the dead. Can you, could, can you imagine what that would have been like if you would have been there around that tomb? The power. The graves were opening up all around the region. Isn't that amazing? Graves that have been in, in there for years, hundreds of years, I guess, begin to open up at the resurrection and these bodies started lifting out the graveyards. Isn't that powerful? That's power and authority. God is still raising the dead today. I was raised 26 years ago from the dead. My spirit was dead to God. But you're going to see in Savannah, Georgia, that people are going to be raised from the dead. Both physically and spiritually. I think Richard and I set the, set the tone a few years ago. We let the devil know this coming. We went to a funeral home and and the Lord was going to raise, raise one from the dead. Amen. So it's already out there in the atmosphere. The enemy knows about it. Romans 8, 11. Let's look at this on the screen. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Christ from the dead will also restore life to you through his spirit that dwells in you. I love that verse. Let that sink in. That same resurrection spirit is in you. It's in us. And it came to restore life. Not only life, my spirit back to God, but everything I need that pertains to life and godliness in Christ. That spirit's going to restore it. We have to live from our belly. We can't live from our heads. We live from our belly. We live from the inside out. And when you think on what's inside of you, you actually get that spirit excited to work for you. I feel the excitement. Number two, let's look at the second thing. Is the Holy Spirit. Like when Lee came in, she didn't realize that she even had a Holy Spirit. Most of the churches don't teach that the Holy Spirit's in you. The Holy Spirit is the administrator of the finished work. He's the administrator of the finished work on the cross and the one who empowers us to demonstrate everything that Christ won. Kingdom life people, saints, are going to demonstrate everything that Christ won. Amen. God just gives us a taste of it right in here. But I'm telling you, when you get in these house churches, when you get in Walmart, when you get in Sam, you get in Target, these things are going to happen because that's where grace is flowing right now. It's amazing what I see in the marketplace. Amazing how people are drawn to you and it's amazing how people are very uncomfortable with you. If you walk up to somebody and they're uncomfortable with you, they have a spirit in them. They have a spirit in them because you can feel it. Can't you feel it when it comes on you? What's on them comes on you. That's how you'll know that you're standing in that power and authority. He is the one who gives us the authority. The Holy Spirit is the administrator of power and authority. 
He's the one that's going to give it to you, that power and authority, to exercise the, the, uh, the authority of Christ in the earth. Now, each time we open our mouths to declare his will and his word, we are empowered to heal the sick, raise the dead. Every time we open our mouth to declare his word. But that word has to be in you to declare it. Memorizing the word will never get you there. Spending time with God, he will reveal the word of God to you. And that's the word that you're going to use. That's the one the Holy Spirit's going to come pull out of the bank of scripture that's in your belly and say, here, use this one today and we will have victory today. That's how it's going to work. Sometimes I walk into a meeting or someplace in the marketplace and man, it feels like a machine gun of scriptures are coming out of me. I said, oh Lord, what are you going to do in this place? You know, you got to write them down. That's right. So without signs, wonders, and miracles, Christianity is just one more religion. Without signs, wonders, and miracles, Christianity is just one more religion. Let that sink in. I want, I, want, I want the ordained ministers and the ones that aren't yet, that are coming in, to let this sink in. Because this is what you're going to be doing. Wherever you go, there's going to be a sign, wonder, and a miracle in somebody's life. That was a sign that Tori experienced. That was a sign. Who remembers what a sign is? It's a witness. It's a testimony. A sign is a testimony of God's grace flowing in an area. Testimony. Number three. Let's look at number three. The supernatural. This clearly separates religion from relationships. Is the supernatural. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He saved us yesterday. He'll save us today. He healed us yesterday. He'll heal you today. He did miracles yesterday. He'll do miracles today. And guess what? Tomorrow too. It's already flowing. The Spirit's already moving and flowing. We just have to get aligned with it. In a relationship with God. We need to come to church expecting the supernatural you come here expecting the supernatural i do i know our ancestors do and when we come in here we see something supernatural every time i may not see something physically all the time but i see something in the unseen realm happening that's totally supernatural zinni goes to heaven several times and communes with the lord while she's in here that's supernatural Amen. Let's look at number four. Christianity believes in a God of the now. A God of the now, not a historic God. Let this sink in because I'm going to have the ordained ministers that just got ordained come up here tonight and you're going to exercise that apostolic anointing. And signs, wonders, and miracles are going to work for you tonight. Amen. The Lord said to do it. He said, get it working. Praise God. The beginning of spiritual authority happened in Genesis. It says that God is the source and generator of all authority. Romans 13.1 For there is no authority except from God and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. So you got to submit to every authority, whether you like it or not. I have to submit to every authority, whether I like them or not. Amen? You might like might not like this president, you might like that president, but you still have to submit to him. You still have to pray for him. You still have to speak God's blessings over him. And how many know that God appoints a leader for blessing or for curse, destruction. 
when there's sin in the land, God's going to put a leader in there to deal with the sin. Amen. He does it. The way God operates is first to establish order and instruction. Write that down. Order and instruction and then authority. That's how it works. You've got to get in the right order of God, which we do here. We've got to receive the instruction from our leaders, from our ministers, and then God gives you authority. Even though power and authority is already in you. But the Holy Spirit's not going to administer that out until a time. And that's when we come in the right order of God, receiving instruction, and our mind begins to get renewed. So let's put that on the screen. Order, instruction, authority equals signs, wonders, and miracles. So if the Lord uses me to tell you to do something, just do it. Half the time, I don't even know when he's speaking. But I know he's speaking. Especially if he's given an instruction. And especially if it's contrary to your flesh. Amen. That's how you know it's God. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be contrary to your flesh, to your carnal mindset. You're going to kick and scream the whole time. It's, it's dying off. The result of rebellion is disorder and chaos. That's the result of rebellion. You see somebody's life is in chaos and disorder. You know that they're in rebellion. They have not followed instruction. Somebody gave them instruction. But they disobeyed the instruction and they went right into chaos and confusion in their life. Genesis 1-2 says the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. You know, this happened when Satan was cast out of heaven and, and the earth lost its form. Lost its form. Because of Satan's wrath, it confused everything on the earth. And unfortunately, our days today are still filled with chaos and confusion. But when God created he, his authority, created, see, You've got to have power and authority to be able to create. God created the earth and brought the earth back to its form. So when there's no form in your life, there's going to be chaos. There's got to be form in your life or there'll be chaos. Rebellion begins in the heart and ends up in the mouth. I know a lot of the ones in here rebel, but they don't tell me about it. They go to Lee or somebody else. But it always gets back to me. Because God set it up that way. So I could pray for them. And help them in prayer come into the obedience of God. Amen. It begins in the heart. Comes out of the mouth. It expresses it. It has a voice. And then it demands attention. Isn't that amazing? How you can demand attention? I, I want to demand God's attention. Look what the word authority means. It means legal right or authorization to exercise power. Listen, if, if, if kingdom life people are not performing signs and wonders and miracles every day, then they're not in relationship with God. I know that because every day is a new day and he expects us to bring forth signs, wonders, and miracles every day. I see it every day. So if I see it, then I know you can see it. You just have to take on the mindset and be sober and say, look, I'm going to see a sign, wonder, and miracle come through me today. And then God will just begin to bless your life supernaturally. Every desire of your heart will come to pass with acceleration. And I always tell people, if you got something hidden, like an offense or something, you better get with somebody and start confessing. Because that's the only thing that will hold your blessings back, is an offense. 
You don't have to go to the person. Go to your leader. Just get it out. Confess to one another so that you may be healed. Let's look at Luke. I love this verse, Luke 10, 19. It says, behold, look at the exclamation part. Behold, put above that. Behold means see. See, I have given you authority. So that means you ought to be able to see the results of the authority and power to trample on serpents, scorpions, and physical and mental strength and ability over all power. All power. All power. Say all power that the enemy possesses and nothing shall in any way harm you. Because love does what? No harm. If you are operating in love beyond yourself, you're operating in the supernatural. If you're operating in love beyond yourself, you're operating in power and authority. If you're operating in your own love, then you're just operating in your own power. It's his power and authority that causes you and brings you into a place to love beyond yourself. Authority is the legal right to enforce obedience. Authority has a legal right to enforce obedience. Amen. The sign of a true, the sign of true authority and power is to cast out demons. And, and you know, a lot of people say they cast out demons, but they don't know the demon left. Demons come out screaming. Demons come out vomiting. Demons come out uh, coughing uncontrollably. Demons come out sneezing uncontrollably. That's how they come out. That's the four ways they come out. And that's how you know. That's a sign. Since Adam... No man until Jesus had operated in the power of God in total authority since Adam. Nowhere in the Old Testament you will find that anybody cast out a devil. Nowhere in the Old Testament. And you had Elijah, you had these great prophets. They were performing signs, wonders, and miracles, but they were not casting out any devil. Isn't that amazing? That you can flow in that and, and not be able to cast out a devil. This is because Adam lost his authority over to Satan. Adam lost his authority over to Satan. But Jesus recovered power and authority and returned it to the church. He returned it to you. Listen, when you flow in that power and authority, you'll be flowing in so much joy. So much happiness. It'll be overflowing. How many believe that the Holy Spirit is in you? Raise your hand. Holy Spirit's in you. Okay, the Holy Spirit's in you. I'm talking to the church. Jesus gave you the Holy Spirit. Now let's look at the obedience. Obedience takes away the enemy's authority. But disobedience authorizes it. That's deep. Obedience takes away the enemy's authority, but disobedience authorizes. So in the beginning, the authority Jesus had was limited to, to his obedience. When Jesus was walking the earth, his authority that he had was limited to his obedience. But when he recovered Adam's authority, he made the following declaration, declaration in Matthew 28, 18. He recovered Adam's authority. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. So he didn't have the authority until he was raised from the dead. He had power. And the power, the release of that power was based on his obedience to the Father. But the resurrection gave him authority. And then Jesus gave that to your church. That's us. So when Adam sinned, he came under the government of Satan and became a subject and slave of his rebellious kingdom. 
If there's any rebellion in us, then we know that the enemy's kingdom is working in us. You can be rebellious towards your wife or your husband. You can be rebellious in your workplace. And we don't want to give the devil no ground. Because listen, I sort of warned the ones that were getting ordained that if you give the devil what you used to give to him, he's going to take it more than just an inch. He's going to take it a few miles down the road. And it's going to be hard to get back. Amen? Because there's an acceleration with God when that apostolic spirit comes on you. Everything accelerates. Blessings accelerate. The word opens up in another level. Everything just accelerates. And most of the church haven't, hasn't experienced that. But that's why you got to live a highly accountable life to God and to people. And not give the devil no ground because he's going to run with that ground. Christ recovered the kingdom and defeated Satan. Then he sent the Holy Spirit to administer the power and authority. Now Satan is subject to you. Satan is subject to you. He has no rights. I want you to get this in our minds. Satan has no right. He, he is subject to our authority with the obligation to obey us. He's subject to our authority with the obligation to obey us. So the ones that have spirits going on and torment going on, when you come up here, you have to know that that devil that torments us is subject to obey us. Jesus only works through our belief system. The Holy Spirit only works through what we know. He's got to work with his word. He's got to work with what we believe in that word. The only right Satan has is the one we grant him in our disobedience. We give him the authority and power that Jesus gave us. I want you to think about that next time temptation comes your way. Next time we gossip, there's a lot of gossip. A lot of gossip going on. Which I'm surprised. We give the enemy ground. We don't even realize it. What he's going to do with that. You're sowing into the wrong kingdom. And decay, ruin, and destruction is coming back our way when we do anything that's contrary to God's word. Let's look at Satan's status. This is his status right now. He was destroyed. He was disarmed. He was dethroned. And he was defeated. And he walks around like he's got it together. That's the serious deception. That's why he likes to transform himself as a minister of righteousness. But the end is a fruit. He's destroyed, disarmed. In fact, when you're praying for people, let the enemy know. You're destroyed. You're disarmed. You're dethroned and you're defeated. So why are you hanging around here? Because the church has the power. We have the power. We're going to start operating that power in, in the marketplace. The Lord has released it to, to go in 2016 into homes. But when we fear or hate or carry any kind of unforgiveness, shame and rejection and all their demonic defenses. Listen, we restore Satan's power and authority that he lost at the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Just engaging in fear, engaging in anger, unforgiveness, shame, and rejection, and any, any of those defenses, we are giving him back the power and the authority of darkness. Now, he has legal right to keep darkness in our life, to keep that fueled. And God can't work with a person like that until he surrenders. We're either in we're either in Satan's kingdom or we're in God's kingdom. When we're in between, we're called a carnal church. And what kind of kingdom is this called? My kingdom. 
That's Satan's kingdom, there's God's kingdom, this is my kingdom. I'm going to get entertained over here a little bit. Play with temptation, play with sin. But I'm going to get feel like I'm getting blessed over here at church. I come to church and worship because I feel his presence. His presence doesn't endorse our errors. It's his love that come to change us. It's his love that comes to change us. What's illegal in the presence of God? Who's got it? Who's got it? Who's got it? Come on. Somebody answered it right on the test. What's illegal in the presence of God? Not conquering something. Not conquering something. That was the answer I was looking for. I think everybody got that one wrong. Not conquering something. Something is going to be conquered in the presence of God. Satan operates under stolen power and authority when we yield to these devices. So Satan restored status in our lives looks like this. He's restored, armed, and thrown and victorious in our life. Can you imagine? It's just that easy that we put his put his right his first status back in place. And when we go out, the devil knows who you are. The devil knows what kind of thoughts you have. He knows what kind of thoughts he's given you. So don't think that he don't know where you're at. We're we're going into some serious business. Going outside of these doors. And it starts next Sunday at Dr. Lee's prayer. The Lord release Harry and Paige to go down there and break out the signs and wonders. That's serious business. That's part of the reason I'm teaching on power and authority because I want to get it in the atmosphere. Amen. They can ride with that. So I want all the intercessors praying this week. But next Sunday, we're going to be at Dr. Lee's church. And he's, he's following through. Remember the Lord said, advertise. Get all the wheelchairs in here. Now, you know, that's a tough thing to say to Dr. Lee. You better know what you're, and, and you know, sometimes, you know, I, I, I say, Lord, is that you? So I'm up here wrestling with God. And I said, how about I have some mercy and talk to you, talk to Zinni? <laughs> that way, if it doesn't work, it's Zinni's problem, not mine. <laughs> we, we, we've got to have confirmation. Wait on your confirmation like Rachel did before you move out on something. And it takes that third confirmation, that third witness before you move. Now move on the second one. You'll be jumping the gun too, too early and it's, and it's you know, not going to turn out the way you thought it would. So it's no wonder why there is chaos and confusion in our lives and in the church because this is what we're restoring back to us that we lost at regeneration. That we lost at the born again experience. That Satan, let's go back to the other one. Satan was dethroned. Look at what, this is, this is what happened when you got born again. He was destroyed, disarmed, dethroned, and defeated. I don't know about you, but I felt it in my life immediately after one prayer. I felt that freedom. This is bondage. Leaving. The power of bondage is leaving. So we don't, we don't want to restore this. So bring those thoughts captive, as Paul said, and submit them back to God. And we need to exercise the power and authority of Christ and not give it up to our selfish desires. That's what happens is when temptation comes, we give the power and authority of Christ up to our selfish desires. Because that's all you have in you is the power and authority of Christ. So we got to think about that next time we are yielding to temptation. You might be tempted to fear. You might be tempted to be angry. You might be tempted to be unforgiving. 
don't, don't engage with that stuff. Even though you might feel it, don't engage in it. Because as soon as you engage, you are enthroning the enemy. Remember the spots? How the enemy's just enthroned? That's what's happening. As soon as you begin to think on that negative thought, you just enthroned him, restored him, armed him to be victorious in what you were thinking about. And this is a falsified, this is a falsified restoration. It's all deception. He's going to make you feel that way. He's going to make you look that way. But there's no substance to it. God is the originator of all power and authority. The devil is the imitator of what God is doing. If, if temptation comes your way, then God has already done something in your life. You just hadn't walked in it yet or bumped into it yet. But he's already released it from heaven. And I look at the singles, how, how they get tempted by different men, different women, several different men. So, and the enemy is not the originator of anything. He sees what God is doing because he's a spirit. God has released that mate and that's why the enemy is sending all this temptation. Amen? And all we have to do is think on it for five seconds and we just enthrone him to bring another one to us. That's how it works. I used to think it on it all the time. And all of them would come around me. I said, Lord, I just want one. Just one. One is all I can handle. That's it. God, God designed it that way. And I'm going to stick with it. Essential characteristics of the power of God. Let's look at this. Number one. The power of God validates who he is. The power of God validates who he is. If there's no power, it's not God in operation. Number two, the supernatural power of God is eternal, unlimited, unlimited, and inexhaustible. You can't exhaust God's power. You can't exhaust his authority. And when, you're, when you get to the place where you are walking in it, you are not exhausted. You're not exhausted. I know how we can get exhausted under the power. But if you got the power and the authority working in your life, you won't get exhausted. In fact, after you've ministered for four and five hours, you feel like you're on a high and still can't come down after four or five hours of, of ministering. That's power and authority working because it's inexhaustible. Number three, the power of God resides in his word. And write this down. The truth of the spirit is the word. And the word is named Jesus. He is the truth of the spirit. And the power of God rests in Jesus. Number four. The power of God rests in truth. This is where the spirit of truth is, is where the power is resting. So when you got born again, the spirit of truth came in you, which is the Holy Spirit. The power of God is resting on the spirit of truth. The power of God is resting on the Holy Spirit in you. It's just resting right here, waiting for us to use it, to activate it by faith, by believing. It's resting there. Number four. That's, that's it, right? Four. All right, let's look at this. The abs absence of the supernatural power of God is due to lack of revelation truth. The reason there's not the power that should be in the church of Jesus Christ, power and authority, it should be because if it was fully restored and everybody was operating it worldwide, Jesus would have already been came back for his bride. 
because power and authority will wash that bride. He would already, already came back. But you've got to have revelation. And revelation primarily comes from an apostolic office, which I learned that a long time ago. Revelation truth offers us authority to operate in the power. You need to write that one down. Revelation truth offers authority to operate in power. So when you get a rhema word from God, he's saying, I'm giving you power and authority right now. That's, yes. Revelation truth offers us authority to operate in the power. That's why it's very important to open up your Bible. Read it. Whether you understand it or not, God's going to use it. But sooner or later, he's going to pop off that page. He says, now, I've given you authority to activate the power. That's where the revelation truth, you can't run from it. It chases you down. It's God's love. It's his love. He's revealing love to you every time he does that. I love it. Number five. The love of God is his power. The love of God. That's why kingdom my people need to operate in love all the time. And, you know, sometimes people don't understand people who operate in a supernatural way. Amen. I, I mean, I, I experience it all the time. They just don't understand certain things. This love is supernatural. It does not change and it goes beyond reason. That's how you know that you are operating in the supernatural love of God. Because I don't care what that person did to you or what somebody did to you. If you can still love them beyond yourself, then you know that the supernatural power of God is working. Because it went beyond your reason. You can reason that thing to death and end up right where the people are that are having offense in them. It is not human love. It has no human senses or feelings. That's human love. It has senses and feelings. And if you get caught up in your senses and feelings, again, you're going to stoop down to their level. Amen? That's why it's called supernatural. And let's look at what love moves us to. Compassion. Love moves us to compassion. This is the only time you're going to see God move. Is in compassion. There will be a new dimension of power wherever there is a new dimension of love. You see this chart? This is a new dimension of love. When you go from glory to glory, you're going from love to love. It's the glory of his love. And we go to a new level of power and authority. He said the experience of love will produce a manifestation of power to heal, set free, and perform signs, wonders, and miracles. How many of you ever see somebody in a wheelchair and just feel compassion rise up in you? Just want to go pray for them. Well, next time that does that, you better go pray for them. Because God's going to release that love, that power and authority, and raise them up out of that wheelchair. Love will lead us to manifest the supernatural. We have to stay in the love of God. It's the only supernatural love there is. When Satan sees love, he sees power. When he sees love, he sees power. When he sees no love, he sees no power. So he's going to tempt you to take on his kingdom back and empower him with your resurrected spirit that you got at regeneration. So that's very important. Satan sees love. He sees power. 
It was a common thing for Jesus to have compassion on the multitude. It was common for him. So when the evangelists go out, they're going to have great compassion for the multitude. When you go in these bigger churches, when these, these pastors begin to release us according to God's will and purpose and timing, and you see the people, there's going to be the compassion that rises up in you that's supernatural that you've never felt before. You hadn't felt it in here yet. Because it's not called here. It's called out there. The difference between power and authority. Let's look at this. Authority is the legal authorization to exercise the power. Authority is the legal authorization to exercise the power. Power is the ability to carry out the task delegated by the authority. And this is how I'm going to back this up. I always say that God's never going to put his authority on your character, even though the power and authority is already in you, it's in your spirit, but he's not going to put that authority on your character. Power flows anytime, but authority has to rest on you. It has to rest on you. It won't flow all the time. It's coming to rest on your soul. It's coming to rest on the renewed mind. That thing's going to rest on you. And you're going to walk in power and authority as Christ did. So every born, born again believer, as a born again believer, we have that authority and power given to us. Keep that in mind. I have power and authority in my spirit already. All right, let's look at the screen. It, it is impossible to have power without the authority to operate in it. But the power without authority is witchcraft. And that was a, a revelation. It is, it is possible to have power without authority to operate in. Most of the church is operating in power, but not authority. But the power without authority is witchcraft. And this is how Satan, Satan, this is how Satan's power operates. Some practice witchcraft without knowing it because they are not under authority. You got a bunch of little churches out there that are not under nobody. And they're operating under a witchcraft spirit. If you go into a little storefront and go to one of these little churches, make sure you go to that pastor that said, whose authority are you under? And if they just say, Jesus Christ, you better run. Because God's going to put a man, an apostle, over that church. That's the way he set it up. And then Jesus is that chief apostle. So understanding the supernatural supernatural love puts you under the authority of love. The witchcraft, church, operating in power, no authority, is called perverted power. It's called perverted power. Let's look on the screen. It is, a, it is a power that has been negotiated by the enemy in exchange for something. Does that make sense? You can picture those spots. I started to bring them out and hang them up. But all those defenses are thoughts. And that's the enemy's temptation to get you to negotiate with him. To do an exchange for the power. Sex for approval. An exchange of power. There's, there's so much fornication and adultery in the churches now. It's unbelievable. That's why they can't, the church can't grow. Because Satan, Satan is getting what? Enthroned again. In the church. That, this is the practicing of lawlessness, God said. Matthew 7, 22 and 23. Let's look at that. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? and your name drive out demons in your name, perform miracles, then I will tell you plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Now Christ made two declarations here. Let's look at the first one on the screen. I never knew you. Knew means communion, intimate, and a close personal relationship. Now when you come in these doors, 
That's the first thing you're going to get hooked up with is a close personal relationship with Christ. And worship is the beginning of that journey. Is learning how to worship. This means these people call Jesus Lord without having a close relationship with him. If a person doesn't know how to worship God, he does not have a personal relationship with God. That's, that's how you'll know. You see people come up here and get hungry for God and go into worship. That's a sign. They got a personal relationship with God. And if they died today, he would say, I know you. Come on in. All right, let's look at the screen. Authority is given as legal right to act as God. And it comes by having an intimate relationship with him. That's why you see so much going on in kingdom life. You see signs, wonders, and miracles here because your leaders are in an intimate relationship with God. We can, we can flow in that anytime we want. All we got to do is think on it, have faith for it, and then it comes. Everybody got that? Still writing? Brenda's taking notes. Lee's taking notes. All the teachers taking notes. Very important to get this written down because you're going to need it when the religious spirit begins to challenge you. Number two. He said, you who practice lawlessness. And this is what a lot of Christians are doing these days is practicing lawlessness. And let's see what the definition of that is. It means iniquity, perversion of power by which the power turns into witchcraft. Perversion of power in which the power turns into witchcraft. It is perverted power without authority. And see all those spots resurrecting our minds and all those defenses? That's a perverted power with no authority. It is power that's been negotiated by the enemy in exchange for something. All right, and the last scripture is 2 Timothy 2, 19 through 21. Let's look at this. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation still stands. You can, you can be in witchcraft and God's foundation is still standing because his spirit, his regenerated spirit is with you forever. It is the foundation of the kingdom. It is the foundation of love. It's the foundation of everything about his kingdom. The Lord knows those who are his. And everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn from wickedness. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared for every good work. What that means is we got some perishable things going on in our mind. Imperishable things are truth. Truth will stand. Lies won't. Amen. Bad attitudes, wrong attitudes won't stand. God's saying, get rid of that stuff so I can bless you. If you just get rid of that stuff, lay it aside and just, just don't do it anymore. God will give you the desires of your heart. He wants to give you exactly what you want. Amen. And how I know he's wanting to give you exactly what you want is because the devil tempts us to complain that we haven't got it yet. Now, this person's not what I thought that person could be. Amen? God is going to do this. It starts with us. It doesn't start with other people. we got to look to ourselves. When we look to ourselves and begin to get the, the, the things out of us that are perishable, then God will begin to pull my desire right to God just uses people to let you know that you're in a mess amen because if he used somebody and you stay at peace then you know you're right with God God can tell he tests the hearts and the minds of his people and God's going to deliver tonight with power and authority. Those who have been deceived by the devil. And, and, and began to think differently than they, they thought in the first place. Amen. That's a demonic influence. And if we. I always tell people this. The way I think about you. 
is causing you to fail me. That's how it works. If I think about you one way that's contrary to the word of God, then I'm going to cause you to fail me in that area. Does that make sense? If I start thinking about you that's contrary to the word of God, then I'm going to cause that to happen in my life. This is how crafty the devil is. How deceiving he is. It causes you to fail, not the other person. God's got to use somebody to get to you. And if you start complaining about the somebody that he used, then that should tell you that somebody's not the problem. You're the problem. I'm the problem. But now that the devil's been found out that this is how the kingdom works, and he's going to loose himself from you tonight, those are the ones that have been deceived by him. Because somebody's been deceived, maybe one or two, or God wouldn't said, I want the ordained ministers that just got ordained I'm going to flow through power through them and we're going to get rid of some of these influences tonight. Amen. God, his kingdom, is the ministry of power and restoration and reconciliation and restitution. Restitution means he gives back double what you have lost. You know how you get blessed with God? God blesses you when you make an act on him when you decide to do something that's in his will, he begins to bless you. And then we get caught up in a, in a, in a circumstance. And all of a sudden, God's using a person to, to see what's in me. And the whole time I'm doing this, I'm losing the blessing that I got in the beginning. Plus the ones that were supposed to come to me while I was following God. But I've always said, you don't lose your blessing. They just go back to God. They don't go to the devil because he can't handle it because it's anointed. It's holy. It will torment him. Restitution is giving double back what you have lost. And that's going to flow tonight. Tonight, if you come up. Somebody's got, everybody might be going through something. If you've got a, de a demon knocking at your door constantly, saying you're not good enough, saying uh, you better you better get anxious about this you better get fearful about this or you better get angry at this person or you better not forgive that person or you better feel shameful the next time you go over there and around that person and because it's always going to involve another person this kingdom that you're in is the ministry of reconciliation we got to embrace people so if you believe right now this creative power is being released right now in the atmosphere just because you believe Creative power is authority and power coming forth out of an intimate relationship with God. And I can guarantee you that the ones that got ordained, they have an intimate relationship with God. He would have never ordained them. Kingdom life doesn't ordain them. Jesus ordained them. Amen. And he was wanting to do signs, wonders, and miracles during ordination, but said, Lord, i got to finish this thing. You could feel it building. When I got behind that red table, I couldn't hardly stand up. Amen, it was strong. We're going we're to play about three songs, and we're going to, uh, I want the people to come up that are, have been deceived by the enemy, been tormented by the devil, lost their peace, and you come up as the songs play, and we're going to have the ministers that stretched across here that just got ordained, and, um, let the, uh, let the resurrected spirit that they received begin to operate. So when you lay hands on them, you just rebuke the devil, bind the devil, cast the devil out, and command him not to come back. And then release the blood of Christ in that area. Release the power of God in that area. You lay hands on them, the Holy Spirit begin to work through you and speak what you need to say. But you need to come against the spirit, the demonic spirit. This is the night of coming against the demonic spirits. Come against that spirit. Cast it out. Tell them that we're going to dethrone you tonight. Amen. Start with uh, let your anointing fall. I think it's about the third one down. 
And uh, let that, let's start with that one. And I want the ministers to come up, stand up here, and everybody come up and just let them lay hands on you. It's a blessing. <laughs> 